welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk, coming to you from France. We are back over here in France spending some time with Hendrik's parents so Amandine can get to know her grandparents a little better and also so Hendrik can come home, of course, and obviously surf. If you know my husband or if you've been following the podcast for a while, you will know that my husband's top priority is surfing. (laughs) So we are over here and this morning we spent a lovely morning on the beach. It's been the first sunny day um, and it was just lovely. For the rainy cloudy days, Amandine and I have been lying in, I mean really lying in, which I don't think I've done with her since she was born. Um, I've been lying in with her until like 11 o'clock French time, 10 o'clock UK time. I'm not sure it's done wonders for her naps because we've kind of gone from sleep into awake into nap time and then she's awake and I don't think she really knows when to take her next nap. I did have her naps pretty much sorted before we came away and I have managed to mess them all up whilst I am here. Um, So I have no idea what's going on with her nap time, body clock, who knows. I've just tried to be getting her to nap um, for about the last half an hour. She will nap, as always, on my boob but the minute I take her off my boob she'll wake up and she'll be like, okay, I'm ready to go again. Where's playtime? Where's daddy? I want to play. So Hendrik has very kindly taken her um, just for whilst I do this podcast. He actually wanted to take her earlier and he was like, come on, do the podcast, make it a good one, get it done. And he was like, I'm going to take her for a walk. I'm going to take her for a walk outside in the sun. And I got massive FOMO. I really did, which is the first time this has happened. I got FOMO of I really wanted to be with my husband and my daughter and I didn't want him to go on a walk without me how ridiculous is that and I guess maybe because the sun's shining and it's a beautiful day and his parents aren't here today and it was just really lovely time for us to spend together not being at home in the UK and I just had massive FOMO so I was like nope I'm coming with you I want to come I want to come with you on a walk Little to my knowledge, Hendrik took it upon himself to take the bassinet off the pram and put the um, proper seat on, which if you follow me on Instagram, you will know this has been something on my mind to change over the last couple of weeks to make this transition. Over in France, we have a different pram to what we have in the UK. It's, um, it's still a Jules, but it's not the one that she's normally in, obviously. And the chair is a little bit different, um, well actually very different, not that actually that makes a difference, but um, Hendrik decided to put it on today and he was like, right, this is what we're going to do, I want to see how she goes in her chair, whether she likes it or not. She was still really enjoying her bassinet, um, but she's, we don't put her in the pram much over here, but um, she'd been in the baby carrier earlier on today and had a big nap and every single time she goes in the baby carrier she goes to sleep and I didn't particularly want her to go to sleep this time when we went out for a walk, so we thought, okay, we'll put her in the pram. Anyway, Hendrik put the seat on facing outwards, which I know is fine. I know it's fine, but I'm such a rule-abiding person. It's just who I am. I like rules, and I like to abide by them. I feel like if I abide by them, not much can go wrong. I like that. I'm not a decision maker. I hate making decisions. I like to make people happy. And I, if there's a reason, or if someone tells me to do something a particular way, I'll do it, because... I just, I just, I'm just like that. I'd like to do that. Um, I'm a sheep. I follow. <laughs> That's what Hendrik always says. I am a sheep. Um, so I just, I thought, oh my God. Okay, so we're putting the seat on two months earlier than technically we should be because all the manuals say not before six months. And we're facing it the other way. 
which in my mind is catastrophic. We shouldn't be doing it that way. Anyway, Hendrik, quite rightly so, was like, look, just let me be a dad. Let me put the pram that way round, put the chair that way round. She can see the world then. And actually on our walk, we went past a horse and he had his head hanging over the fence and it was very cute. And Amandine obviously has never seen a a horse before. And she was just so taken by it. She was just staring at this horse. It was very, very cute to see. I mean, who knows what was going on in her mind when she was looking at the horse? No idea. Um, I mean, when can you imagine being four months old and seeing this ginormous thing blowing, like, <laughs> essentially dragon fire from its nose? <laughs> Um, because it's so cold outside you can just see all this steam coming out of its nose but very cute anyway we made it all the way one way with it with her facing out and she seemed to enjoy it she did also like sucking on her cardigan button but I think she enjoyed facing out and then I said okay I can't do this anymore can you please switch her background to facing us so we had her facing us for a while but what she didn't like was the canopy being up I don't know whether it's because it's so different or whether it's closer to her face than it is in the bassinet she has no issue with the canopy being up um, in her bassinet so I don't quite know what the problem was there but she maybe it's claustrophobic or she couldn't see daddy because Hendrik's quite tall so maybe she couldn't see Hendrik when the canopy was over her head I don't know but she didn't particularly like that very much anyway so that's been what's literally just been happening before I decided to come and do the podcast and then I said to Hendrik I can't get her to nap you're absolutely just going to have to take Amandine so I can do the podcast because I have so many lovely questions to answer you guys really um gave me a lot of questions last night (laughs) and also I asked a bunch of questions um if you guys had any questions last week but I didn't have time in the podcast last week so it was quite a long podcast to address those questions so I want to answer those they're not like groundbreaking questions but I still want to um answer them because they're important it's stuff you guys want to know so um that's important for me but what I first want to talk about is what we've been doing in our week or couple of weeks um because you didn't hear from me last week and I wanted to share with you our trip to the baby cinema oh my goodness I know I put a post about it on my Instagram and I also chatted a Uh, maybe yesterday I put a post about going outside and if you can to get fresh air but also just going out and doing an activity the only other activity we do and I pay for is swimming um mainly because you know funds are tight and I don't want to I feel like at this stage sensory wise I can give her quite a lot of that myself I don't feel the need to go to a sensory class or I do meet I have a lot of good friends so I can meet up with friends and babies and I think that gives a lot of um stimulation for Amandine um but I also wanted to go to the baby cinema with my friends it was the best experience not just for her but also for me I mean she was an absolute angel she slept pretty much the whole thing now I don't know if it's bad for babies to be watching you know a screen I don't know it was quite far away but obviously it was ginormous it was surprisingly quite loud I actually was quite taken aback by how loud it was but then once a baby starts screaming in the baby cinema uh you can't really hear the film so (laughs) that was why I think maybe it was quite loud but 
Amandine was just sitting on my lap and then all of a sudden, this was at the time when she was really sucking her thumb, um, she sucked her thumb to sleep within about five minutes and then I just had the most glorious time watching the new Mary Poppins and it was fantastic. My poor friends on the other hand, I was watching them pacing around the cinema and singing to their crying babies, which I would expect Amandine to be like that next time. That's totally what I am open for. I don't imagine her to be... Um, so chilled. I think maybe it was just all a lot of sensory overload last time. We'd also just been at the quay down in Exeter having a coffee and we sat outside so she loves fresh air and fresh air properly puts Amandine to sleep so um, that also could have been a case for why she went to sleep the minute we got into a warm cosy atmosphere maybe she thought oh time for me to go to sleep and then she woke up halfway through I gave her a feed and then she went back to sleep so it was lovely it was really nice. Um, I would highly, highly recommend it. We have the baby cinema at Picture House in Exeter. I'm pretty sure all picture houses do baby cinema. I actually think it's called the Big Scream. Scream? The Big... I think it's the Big Scream. Um, so maybe Google it, but I highly recommend. I actually was a little bit greedy and booked a whole sofa, which was two tickets. Um, but the tickets were about £5, so I thought, I'm going to splurge, take the whole sofa. I put a muslin down on the sofa next to me, and then if Amandine needed to just lie down or sit down and, you know, be there and play, it just gave me a little bit of extra space with her. This also sounds terrible, but I am quite nervous about getting ill when I go to cinemas. And also with us flying the next couple of days coming out to France, if I sat next to a grizzly baby who maybe was carrying something, I know this sounds really bad, doesn't it? But it's what goes through my mind, and I'm pretty sure it goes through every new parent's mind. Amandine, touch wood. Uh, where's the wood in this room? There's the wood, picture frame, that'll do. Uh, hasn't had a cold yet, and or hasn't been ill at all yet. And I know I'm incredibly lucky to get to four and a half months and for her not to be ill, but I just didn't want that the time for her to pick something up. Um, so I tried not to sit too close to uh, anybody, which is ridiculous, isn't it? And I did have my friend sitting right next to me. Um, but on the other sofa. Anyway, now I'm rumbling. We also went swimming again. This was our swimming session, uh, first swimming session back from Christmas. We didn't manage to go swimming over Christmas. There were a couple of weeks where we didn't have any classes and we didn't go swimming, mainly because there were no pools near us open on the days when I really felt like, oh yeah, I can go swimming now. And it was quite a busy time, even though it wasn't, or it shouldn't have been, it was quite a busy time. Um, and we didn't go. So I wasn't too sure how Amandine would feel after having a couple of weeks off. Anyway, the week before Christmas, the last swimming lesson, we dunked them. I'm not too sure if I told you about that, but she handled it like a pro. She loved it. Hendrik actually make, made me dunk her for a second time. Um, and on that second time she swallowed quite a bit of water and she wasn't that happy so yeah I was nervous about this time anyway she went under again this time round and didn't see phased didn't seem phased at all so hopefully I have a water baby on my hands and I'm just about to sign up for another lot of classes starting in February for the second term of swimming um, I did think oh do I really need to do I really want to now I feel confident with Amandine and, and swimming with her by myself do I really want to pay it's not cheap do I want do I really want to pay to go swimming 
But then I thought, actually, you know what? Yes, I do, because the teachers are so fantastic. And also you get to meet lots of mums and I do it with a couple of my friends. And would I really commit every week going swimming with her or would it be too easy? I actually really look forward to swimming, but it's also because it's an opportunity to see my friends and it's just fun with everybody else. Um, And I'm not sure if I'd find it so fun by myself. Plus, I don't really have a swimming pool that I can go to. There's one which is part of a membership club um, called Woodbury Park, just up the road from me, literally seven minutes, which would be absolutely fantastic. Their pool is nice and warm. It would be great. But when I called them, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I called them, I think they wanted to charge £150 per month for Hendrik, I and Amandine to be a member. Now, I know that includes the swimming pool, all the fitness stuff, all the classes, you don't have to pay for any of that, but £150? Really? And I think £10 or £9 of that membership was purely for Amandine a month. You know, Amandine's four months old and she has to pay to be a member. I don't know if this is normal across all country places, country leisure places, but I just think that's ridiculous. Who could, I mean, and the lady on the phone, I know it wasn't her fault, she's absolutely, she was lovely. But she did say, oh, and Amandine can use all of the facilities. She can go, you know, use the swimming pool whenever she likes. I was like, she's four months old. No, she can't. I can use it, but she can't. She She can only use it with me. Anyway, it was ridiculous. So needless to say, I'm not spending £150 a month to have membership at a country club. It is far too much when all I would use would be the swimming pool. And unfortunately, and I really... I know, I'm, I guess it's because of numbers, but I think it's really sad that they won't let you have a swimming-only membership. I think a lot of people would take them up on that. But anyway, not happening. Not happening. A lot of you asked or have sent me DMs about how the travel out here in, to France went compared to the last one. If you listen to that podcast, you will maybe know that we had like a four and a half, five hour delay on the flight out to France last time. And then we had the Gilets Jaunes cause the the yellow jackets, um, cause all of the hoo-ha on the way back, um, which was a nightmare journey. And I have to say this one, I thought, I wasn't dreading it because I thought it cannot be as bad as our last travel out and back from France. Can't be as bad this time. And it wasn't, it went swimmingly. We drove up to Bristol, parked the car, I checked in all the bags. We managed to travel with just one big suitcase, uh, the car seat, and one nappy bag. That's all we took. Oh, no, actually, this time Hendrik did take a rucksack um, as hand luggage. And then we arrived here. We got here at about 11 o'clock at night. The thing that wasn't so ideal, and it was really sweet, though, but it just wasn't ideal, was that Hendrik's parents had waited up to see us in. And Amandine had obviously fallen asleep in the car. I'd managed to get her all the way up to the front door, perfectly asleep, no problems. I was going to just do one of those wonderfully swift transitions into her cot and to go night-night, maybe via the milk bar, maybe not. Um, But then we opened the door and it was like, Ah, bonjour, you're here. How's the baby? And as much as that's really, really lovely and really, really sweet... It wasn't ideal. Anyway, so we ended up not getting to bed. Amandine, of course, woke up and we ended up not getting to bed until about midnight and I don't think I got her settled into her cot until about, I don't know, 20 to 1, 1 o'clock. Hence all the lions. 
hence all the lions. <laughs> and it's been fantastic. I'm not complaining about my lions. It's been brilliant. Um, and the journey back, I don't think we'll have a problem, hopefully, with Gilet John, but I will catch up with you on that. Once we have journeyed back, I will tell you about that then. But no, the travel here was amazing. EasyJet were fantastic. Um, Hendrik and I normally, well, normally, I say normally. Why am I saying normally? Last flight, we were greedy and we bought three seats. So Hendrik and I had a seat between us on the flight. They were quite cheap. It was £20 each way, a ticket. So we thought just, you know, our first flight, we're going to do this just for the first one. This one we didn't because I just said to Hendrik, I'm not going to waste money like that. So we didn't buy the middle seat. But luckily for us, the flight was literally empty. I think there were about 60 people on a 180 person aircraft. So everyone pretty much had an aisle to themselves if they wanted it. So luckily we had a seat between us and it was great. She slept on the way up. She slept pretty much through the flight and then I managed to get a little bit more milk down her on the way down just because um, I didn't want her ears to hurt on the way down. So a lot of you have also asked me um, recently about clothes because it's obviously got quite cold and I'm going to actually update my blog this evening on um, helpful things to wear when it's cold. But I asked this question way, way earlier on um, in the podcast, I think, about what the hell do you dress your baby in when it gets cold? Now, we have had a really cold spot, and in France, it's freezing. This morning, I think it was like minus two when we left the house. So I have been putting her in um, at home, actually, in the UK. I've been layering up. That's what you guys said, was just to layer and layer and layer. So I've been putting on what Hendrik likes to call... um, Actually, it's really not appropriate. I can't. I don't think I can share that on here, so I won't share that on here. It's a little vest, a sleeveless vest, and um, we put her in one of those. We then, I then tend to put her in a thick long sleeve t-shirt type thing. I have these ones from Mori, which are brilliant, and I put her in some little leggings. And then I also put her in, and this has just been one of the best inventions. I guess it's like a baby grow. I have zip up baby grows for her bedtime, but. Zippy Up, I don't know if you've heard of the company Zippy Up, but they sent me a couple of, I don't know what to call them, but they are like onesies. Um, They're not baby grows, but like onesies. And it just zips up. So you might have seen the really cute picture of Amandine in one. I'll share it on my Instagram in a couple of days. Um, It's a purple and white striped one, and it just zips over everything. It's brilliant. It, It was a tiny bit too big for her now it's not now it's the perfect size um but it just zips up all over those layers and then I just put on her little booties put on her hat and if we go outside she is just ready to rock and roll and it's a really nice thick material it washes really well um I actually give it a little bit of an iron because I find that when I give it a bit of an iron it makes it a little bit softer and then she also, uh, the lovely lady at Zippy Up sent me a, I guess a slightly more baby grow one. It's got feet on it, um, but super soft and really lovely and just really easy with a zip. Oh my goodness, none of this buttoning up. And Amandine isn't that keen on her big white, uh, again, you might have seen on my Instagram. That's basically the only place where you see me. Um, her onesie, her like snow onesie. It's from the Little White Company and it's really beautiful. I adore it, but it's too big for her 
and she can't access her hands. She can't really move her arms because the arms on it are super long. So if we're only if we're going out in the car seat or if we're going out in the pram, I tend to just put her in her zippy up over her layers and then put a blanket on and her hat on. And normally she's totally toasty and warm enough. Um, but if she's in her baby carrier, that's not quite enough. So I put her in her uh, snowsuit. So yes have a google of zippy up and see what you think because they well anything zippy up with babies is is pretty good isn't it <laughs> it means you don't have to do lots of buttons and you don't have to put on another pair of leggings and you don't have to put on another um jumper and i don't know about you but when i breastfeed i like to have as little on my baby as possible because otherwise there's just so much that you're trying to hold on to and you've got material everywhere you've got material from pulling down your top to pushing down your bra or, you know, unbuckling your bra, latching the baby on. And if you've got all of this material in the way, ugh, it's horrible. Um, but just having this onesie kind of <laughs> solidifies everything and makes them really easy to hold. And anyway, I'm waffling, but go check out Zippy Up. They're really good. Really, really good. Okay. I wanted to also share feedback from you guys because a lot of you asked me to share um, the responses I got from a couple of questions that I asked, so back to the pram briefly, a lot of you asked, um, or sorry, I asked what time you changed the bassinet over to the pram and a lot of you asked me to share that feedback. So I shared it on my Instagram, but I'm sharing it here as well. Turns out most of you found four months was a good time to change. So again, around the time we've just changed ours, I think I'll probably go between bassinet and seat. Um, whilst we're out here in France I can't I don't have the luxury of doing that in the UK because our pram over there the bassinet turns into the seat it's the same frame so once you've changed it you've changed it I don't think it's that easy to keep changing backwards and forwards but over here we have a separate bassinet to seat so some people were using an infant insert uh, which I think is like a little triangular block which sits in the base of the seat so when you lie it flat, it's basically completely flat when you lie the seat flat. But again, uh, we don't have one of those. And Amandine was perfectly happy when we put her in the seat today. She wasn't whinging at all. And I think she quite enjoyed it. So four months, four months. Um, I was just speaking to one of my friends and she put a picture of her doing it. I think her baby is maybe a week older than ours. And she got loads of grief on her Instagram for maybe doing it a little bit too early, which is ridiculous. You know, everyone's baby is different and everyone's baby wants to see the world and you know, she, they're not in it for hours and hours and hours. It's not like a car seat where maybe you're driving for a couple of hours. You're out in the pram. Okay, maybe if you live in a town area, maybe she will be, maybe they would use it for a couple of hours at a time. Um, but if your baby's happy, then then it's okay, I think right? Maybe not. Maybe some of you are going to uh, respond to that and say it's not okay. And I would be interested to hear from you if it's not okay and to why it's not okay. Moving on, thumb or no thumb. Amandine loves her thumb. And yes, as a few of you predicted, she has lost interest a little bit this week. So last couple of weeks, she was obsessed with her thumb. This week, not so much. She'll maybe suck her thumb once in a day. Whereas before it was every moment I turned my back, thumb would be in the mouth. So most of you said either keep the thumb, be pleased that she's self-settling, because she is self-settling really, really well with the thumb. <laughs> uh, and actually, I was 
boasting about that <laughs> in the baby cinema, being like, yes, let them have their thumb. She's self-settling. She's a dreamboat. She sucked her thumb to sleep in the cinema. It's brilliant. Do it, do it. And then this week has not been the same. She has not been self-settling so much with the thumb, but never mind, I'm sure it'll come back. Others of you said keep the thumb. She may move on in a couple of weeks. There you go, that's what's happened. Keep the thumb. There's no huge evidence to show it has a huge effect on the teeth because I've been, I had been told or I, I had heard a myth that it does have a bad effect on the teeth. I actually had a message from a couple of dentists saying, don't stress, there's not that much correlation between thumb and teeth, uh, not an issue. And I actually have to um, correct myself because I think on the podcast just after Christmas... I said my sister had braces because of the thumb and Hendrik had braces because of the thumb. That was rubbish. I don't know where I got that, but that was rubbish. I checked with my mum. No, it was not because of the thumb. And also I checked with Hendrik and no, once again, it was not because of the thumb. So I was not right there. Uh, Some of you said give her a dummy instead, but I've come this far without a dummy. I don't really want to implement one now. I know some of you said if you gave her a dummy it would help you with the bottle feeding. Yes, it probably would, but I'm almost at six months old. I'm not really stressing about the whole bottle feeding thing. It would be brilliant if she could take a bottle. But as some of you have also said, don't stress if she doesn't take a bottle. She can take it from a cup if you want to give milk from a cup at some point. Maybe she'll take a cup. I mean, it would be great if one day I could get her to take a bottle and then maybe Hendrik could do the middle of the night feed or... We can do the last feed before bedtime from a bottle so I know that she's taken enough milk because I think that's an issue I'm having at the moment is she'll just fall asleep on my boob and then she'll wake up because she's hungry. Um, But I don't really want to give her a dummy. And then a lot of you said, we have a dummy. As a dummy, you can take away a thumb you can't, which is totally right. Totally right. Um, But that's just not, not what we've decided to do. So we are not going to give her a dummy. I have made the decision to keep the thumb and that's what we're doing. So I am going to go on, seeing as I'm in the question role, I'm going to go on and answer the rest of your questions. So these are the ones from last week. So let's just take a look at those. I'm just looking at those on my phone. So one of, some of you uh, asked, where do you fit yoga in with a wee baby or children? Good question. (laughs) So, again, if you've seen on my Instagram, I put a couple of videos on there where Amandine was actually next to me lying on like a sheepskin. It's actually not sheepskin. It's a fake, one of those fake ones from Ikea. But it's nice and thick and we've got tiled floors. So she was lying next to me on the mat and I did a bit of yoga. I got in about 10 minutes and I think one, one morning I got in seven minutes and it was fine. To be honest, that's all my body really needs right now. I'm still having a... I don't. I actually don't know if I'm still having or if it was caused by the yoga, I don't know. But my coccyx has never felt right really since after giving birth. And I don't know if this was due to the yoga or not. I really don't. Um, but I feel like it came on around the same time. Um, but it, I just feel like I've bruised my coccyx a little bit. I don't know if that's from yoga or not. But... I am literally doing kind of 10 minutes and normally it's when Amandine's awake because when she's asleep I'm either now trying to nap because I'm not getting so much sleep in the night time because she's not being as good Um, or I do it when she's yeah awake but I don't tend to do it when she's asleep but that would be a really good time you know in a morning if if she's doing a morning nap then 
why not do some yoga? It does. It really doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes or half an hour. Great if you've got half an hour, brilliant. But really, I think if you can keep 10 minutes consistently, and this is what I used to say all the time when I was teaching, if you can practice 10 minutes a day, that's so much better than doing like half an hour once a week or half an hour twice a week. Just get that 10 minutes in. You will, your body will thank you for it. Um, although I am not going by my own advice, I sure as hell don't do 10 minutes every day right now, I just, I just don't, I do have the time, I do have the time, but I choose to do other things with my time right now, so that's how I fit that in, uh, birth preparation, did you practice hypnobirthing, yes, no, kind of, is the answer to that, (laughs) um, my wonderful friend Siobhan from the Positive Birth Company came on the podcast and very kindly gave me her digital back which is brilliant I highly recommend you go check it out it's only 35 pounds and um if you want to be doing hypnobirthing but you don't really want to go and sit at a course in a classroom all day I would highly recommend it also if your partner wants to be part of it it's lots of videos that Siobhan's put her heart and soul into and it's very good I personally felt like I could skip through quite a bit of it um, mainly because of this podcast, I'd had a lot of conversations about hypnobirthing um, with quite a lot of people, and I had spoken to Siobhan herself and asked a lot of questions. I was very interested in the um, physical side of labour and what would happen physically. Because I feel like with my yoga, yoga, I think the yoga practices, breathing techniques, um, not controlling the mind, but I guess stabilizing the mind a little bit. Um, They really overlap in yoga and hypnobirthing. So when I listened to Siobhan's videos on certain breathing techniques and things, I was very confident in my breathing techniques from what I had from yoga and I knew they worked. So I wasn't necessarily going to switch it up very slightly because they're extremely similar, but I wasn't going to switch it up um, and then have to kind of relearn something. So I would say if you don't practice yoga or you don't have a meditation or a mindfulness practice within your yoga practice, then definitely give hypnobirthing a go. If you're scared about birth, if that, you know, put the hijibis on you, then I would definitely check out hypnobirthing. It's really informative. And if you don't, if you're not sure what to expect from giving birth, do it definitely do it and Siobhan has made it so accessible now with her 35 pound pack um I mean it's just brilliant she gives you templates and everything this isn't a plug this is this isn't sponsored by her obviously but um it's just something I think was brilliant so yes did I practice hypnobirthing I guess I did I watched all her videos I just skipped it a little because it was close to yoga but yeah I did in the actual birth Rather than birth preparation, but during the actual birth, did I practice hypnobirthing? Ooh, what to say about that? Um, I'm not sure I did, actually. I mean, yes, it helped. The preparation helped. I'm not sure if I practiced it during birth. There was a moment when my waters broke. I went downstairs to tell Hendrik I felt extremely emotional and like fear could wash over me. In one moment, I did feel the fear kind of rising. But then I was very quick to... I mean, it helped with Hendrik's massive smile when my waters broke. I think it really hit him that this was happening. And, oh my goodness, wow, you know, what do we do now kind of thing. Is this going to happen? We're going to have a baby in a few hours. Um... But I think it did help the positivity you get from hypnobirthing. 
I was never afraid of birth, but in that moment when my waters broke and I went downstairs to tell Hendrik, yes, I admit I was I was quite scared. And having the positive uh, affirmations in the back of my mind and that, yes, everything's going to be okay, and yes, I had spent time preparing for the birth, all of that led to me being able to wash away that fear quite quickly. And then when I was in the birth pool and during my contractions, my contractions came on very hard and fast. I was only in labour for eight hours, but between kind of my first contraction and giving birth was eight, eight and a half hours. It was very, very short in comparison to a lot of people. So they my, my um, contractions came on very hard and fast and I used my breath. Yeah, absolutely, I breathed through it. So if, that, if that's one thing that you take away from any practice, whether it be your yoga practice, prenatal yoga, hypnobirthing, focus on the breath because that's where you want to be. That is what you're going to use most of all. And also knowing that every, and and this is the best affirmation in my opinion, every single contraction gets you closer to meeting your baby. Whether you end up having an emergency C-section or whether you end up um, giving birth to your baby in the water, whatever it might be, each contraction is still going to get you closer to meeting your baby. So uh, I would focus on the breath, 100%. Right, what other questions have we got? Babies and medicines, homeopathy. So yeah, I've spoken on the podcast a little bit already about homeopathy. We are using homeopathy. We mainly use it for her teething right now because she is teething a lot, (laughs) a lot, every day. We get to about 11 o'clock without having any issues and then bam it hits us so we are using uh what are we using we're using magnesium phosphate which is um in homeopathic form um which are little like really tiny 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 little um what are they like balls of sugar i guess with the homeopathic remedy in um and then we're also using abc remedy so i get all my remedies from helios um, Helios Homeopathy. They're based in Tunbridge Wells and in Covent Garden. I would highly recommend them. They're fantastic. If you order from them, um, I've paid for everything. This isn't an ad once again. I, it's really sad that I have to declare that, but I, I want you guys to know that things I say are not ads. It's stuff that I have used and have paid for, um, most of the time. So, or have been sent sometimes very kindly, but I will always tell you, as you know. So, they will, if you order, uh, I think it's before noon or maybe two o'clock, they will literally get it to you next day, which is great. Um, so the ABC Remedy oh, contains chamomilla, which I think most of the off-the-shelf stuff contains, like the teething granules you can get. I'm pretty sure it's got chamomilla in it. Um, also contains, I think it's aconite and something beginning with B, but basically just ask Helios for the ABC remedy. It's fantastic. It's brilliant. It's great for not just teething, but it's really good for post injections. We've been using Ledum as well, which is specifically for a puncture wound. So we use that uh, after her injections. And I have to say they seem to work. I mean... When I talk to my friends about homeopathy, some people are like, oh yeah, cool. Some people just say, you know, Emma, I I actually really just don't believe in it. I don't believe that it could possibly work. But for us, it seems to be working. It seems to be good. Yeah. So I would highly, I would give it a go. I do want to go and see an actual homeopath and do this properly because 
dosage and stuff, it's it's actually quite complicated. And I'm just doing what the lady at Helios told me, but I'm pretty much certain that I could be doing better. So I do want to go and see a homeopath. So that's next on my list to do this year is to actually find a homeopath. What other questions? Sleep secrets. Oh my gosh, sleep secrets. Okay, so since I've been following these methods for napping and actually for bedtime, it's really been working. So what works with Amandine is just routine, routine, routine for the night time. I keep it the same. I literally put her to bed within 15 minutes every night. Counting France aside, let's just push that aside for a minute, doesn't quite work. But at home, I had it almost like clockwork. 7.15 would come, I would take her upstairs, I would turn on the bathroom light, dim the nursery lights, I would change her nappy, um, get her out of her clothes, put her in her pyjamas. So I only bath Amandine every third to fourth night, she's got quite dry skin, and bathing her less works wonders. So I have been bathing her a lot less. Um, I will still top and tail her uh, most mornings just to wash her bum, make sure it's nice and clean, but I only bath her once every three to four days. So normally, a normal bedtime, put her in her PJs, put her in her sleep suit, turn on the white noise machine onto constant. I'll turn on the web, the uh, baby camera to make sure I don't wake her up with the baby camera. Then we will read a book. We'll sit down and we'll read a book. Sometimes she will enjoy the book. Sometimes she'll just be like, no, mummy, I want to skip straight to milk. Give me the milk. Then I'll feed her. I'll turn off the nursery lights completely, but I'll have the glowing light of the bathroom, which is just across the hallway, just shining in so I can see what I'm doing. I will feed her. Now, this is where it gets a bit controversial. She falls asleep onto my boob. Always has. I'm pretty sure always will. I put her down normally asleep. Now, most of the books say that is the worst thing you can possibly do for your baby. But what's worse for me is having to wake her up off my boob, read her a book, then put her to bed. That is just carnage. That does not work for me whatsoever. So we do book first, then boob, then bed. Now, when I put her down, sometimes she'll wake up. She will still settle herself. Sometimes she'll put her thumb in her mouth. Sometimes she'll just look at me and then look the other way and fall straight to sleep. Occasionally, when I was first starting to do this, do this, I would have to put my hand on her tummy, actually weight it quite hard. If I just kind of hovered it there, she wouldn't, it wouldn't help. But if I actually, not apply pressure, but let, just let my arm go heavy, um, that would work a lot, a lot better. So white noise machine, putting her in her pyjamas, putting her in her sleep suit, absolutely routine, routine, same thing, same time, every night. Uh, room temperature is normally, in her nursery, it's about 19. Uh, in my room, where she sleeps with me at night, it's probably around 18, 17 and a half to 18. But I put her in a sleep suit and then a two and a half tog. Um, I, I put her in, a, yeah, like a uh, baby grow. And then a two and a half tog sleep bag or grow bag. That's what I put her in. Um, everyone's different, but that's how I think she's most comfortable. When the room's a bit hotter, I tend, I sometimes put her in just a long sleeved vest, but I swear she wakes up a lot more. So I, I tend to prefer putting her in what she has and cooling the room right down if it gets too hot. So they're my sleep secrets. That is what I do with Amandine. Um, if one sleep secret 
if you have, if it's cold, really cold in your house and the sheet on your basket or your crib or your um, cot is cold, warm up a hot water bottle and just put the hot water bottle down for a few moments before you put baby down. That was really key for me in the newborn stage because I'd put her down on the cold and she'd wake up straight away and yeah, all hell would break loose. So try and warm up the sheet a little bit more or even just rub it. The friction of your hands warms it up a little bit. Um, yeah, I would do that. Clothes. What size is Amandina now and what size lasted you the longest? Actually, the newborn stuff lasted me the longest. We've we kind of skipped a little, zero to three months. She was in newborn for such a long time. Um, she was never in, like, tiny, tiny newborn. She was just in newborn. And then she came out of newborn, I think, when she was around... Probably only three months, you know. Maybe two and a half, three months she came out of newborn. Um, some of the stuff I was putting her in was still zero to three months, but it swamped her. And it's only now, she's four and a half months almost, and she's still in her zero to three months and she fits it perfectly. So, I don't know, newborn, I'd say, but everyone's different. You know, some babies totally skips the newborn phase. A lot of my friends skipped the newborn phase, went straight to zero to three months. So, yeah, everyone's different. I, again, you might have noticed if you saw on my Instagram, but I have now started, so... When I was buying new clothes, when she was kind of two months, I would buy three to six months stuff. So now she's got quite a bit of three to six months stuff, which I reckon will take her probably until about seven or eight months. Um, God, especially this white company snowsuit thing, that will definitely take her up to that long. But I just bought her some little booties, and the booties are medium, and they're like an inch too big for her, just because, you know... I don't see the point in spending money on something she's going to grow out of probably in a month. That to me is silly. So I'm trying to save the pennies and I didn't, I waited to buy her a really nice uh, snowsuit until she would fit into the three to six month one because they're ex they're, they can be expensive and um, I wanted it to see her through the whole of the winter rather than just seeing her through half the winter and then having to buy her another one to see her through until like March, April time. So I would say that time, I think the three to six month stuff will last her as well quite a long time. So for us, the zero to three month, I probably could have skipped a little bit, but I did buy a lot of the zero three to month stuff before she was even born because I wasn't sure how heavy she'd be. You know, my chart technically said she should have been eight pounds something and she was nearer seven pounds and then she dropped below seven pounds. So, um, yeah, that's why we were in newborn for so long. Okay, so I think they're all the questions that you asked me a couple of weeks ago. Now I'm going to move on to the questions that you guys asked me this week. Um, so let me just grab those. I'm never very good at getting these off uh, Instagram. You have to go into your stories and then go into who's it been seen by and then go to all the responses. Okay, I'm in. Right. Lisa has asked me, how did you deal with grandparents in the first weeks? Ours live four hours away. Hotel, question mark. <laughs> brilliant. That is brilliant. I guess it depends how accessible or how easy it is for your grandparents to come to you. I feel like I made a big mistake. Um, or my One of my biggest regrets is how many visitors, and we had very few visitors. We were quite stingy, but I still felt like I had too many. Um... In the first week, we had quite a lot of visitors. My mum, which is technically Amandine's grandma, 
She only lives an hour away, so it was very easy for her to come up and then go home, and that's exactly what she did. She'd come up, pop in for an hour, and then go back home again. Hendrik's grandparents are obviously in France, so that's a little more, more difficult. Hendrik's grandparents came... Hen, sorry, not Hendrik's grandparents. Hendrik's parents, Amandine's grandparents, came over when she was about a week and a half old, and they stayed with us. It was very full-on, but they hadn't been over to the UK in about 15 years, so this was a big deal. Um, Hendrik's dad, I think, is 82, and Hendrik's mum is around 70, I want to say 75. So to plonk them in a hotel wouldn't really have been fair. Uh, they're French, they do speak English, but it's not amazing. Also, our house is big enough to accommodate them. We have a garage, which we've converted into a bedroom. Hendrik's parents don't sleep in the same room, so Hendrik's dad was in the garage, and Hendrik's mum was in the main house, and actually it was fine. I felt really... Hendrik actually had a mattress on the floor <laughs> in the nursery, uh, and I slept in our room. Um, and it was fine. It was fine. But yes, I think if you're... If the grandparents aren't elderly, and I would say, yeah, put them in a hotel, totally. If you have a nice hotel near you where they'd be happy, it's probably good for them as well that they don't necessarily hear the crying baby, um... They can be a bit more help to you. Perhaps you can have a bit more space with your other half. It's really important those first couple of weeks. I don't think people understand how much you just want to bond with you guys as as the three of you or as the four of you if you've got another child. Um, but yeah, I regret not spending more time just with Hendrik or, or having, not necessarily not spending time with Hendrik, but just having the stress of knowing that someone was coming. Uh, Hendrik gets quite stressed out by that and I think his stress then came on to me and it was just, yeah, quite stressful um, so yeah, if you have the opportunity to put them up in a hotel if you've got to go to them, that's a little bit different, that's hard uh, if you don't kind of want your mum and dad on tap <laughs> then yes, totally go and stay in a hotel um, but also be aware that if you're in a hotel rather than like a a little cottage or something that you're renting or an airbnb your only quiet space is your room which could get a little bit overwhelming if you're stuck in your room i don't know but i would say well you've heard what i'd say i don't need to repeat it okay next question move on emma don't waffle any book recommendations for pregnancy and birth sorry if you have already covered it okay yes i do and actually, she's, she just sent it to me. It's on my Instagram. But it is How to Make a Baby by Natalie Meddings. I have Natalie on the podcast uh, next week. I think I'm putting her on next week. I asked her loads of questions over the new year. And she has written a book called How to Make a Baby. And it is brilliant. It is so good. And it's the most beautiful book. And it's wonderful. Anyway, we talk about everything she's a doula and an active birth teacher and we talk I talk about everything with her on the podcast next week so if you feel like she's someone that you want to uh, connect with a little bit more go get her book it is brilliant what I personally read because I didn't know about Natalie's book was I got uh, what to expect when you're expecting it's a great book it does it stay stage by stage it's quite medical there's a lot in there which can be quite scary I actually stopped reading it at a point because there's so much in there it covers what can happen to everybody in pregnancy I am extremely lucky I had a totally straightforward pregnancy nothing 
was nothing went wrong. I had very few side effects apart from nausea. Um, and sometimes reading what could happen in the following months to come, it was quite, it was quite like, oh God, really? That could happen? Oh my goodness. Okay. That's scary. So yeah, I would maybe, maybe not. Well, no, I'd get it, but don't read ahead maybe if you get nervous about reading things like that. Um, Okay, what else did I get? I got the mumsition. My friend recommended this to me. It's more, I guess, for the first year of motherhood, but there's actually quite a bit in there about pregnancy. It's really funny. Um, It was very good. And then the happy birth book. So when I originally bought the happy birth book, I flipped through it and I thought, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be. It's um, alpha... This word's not going to come out right, so I'm not going to say it. But it's done kind of A to Z. And... I guess because I got used to reading what to expect where it was in stages, um, it was quite weird having something, I I wasn't sure whether just to flick to it when I had it or to read it cover to cover, so I ended up reading it cover to cover quite late on in my pregnancy and it was good, it was actually good, so I would recommend it, The Happy Birth Book. And there are so many books out there, Uh, I'd recommend going to a bookstore, having a flick through and see see what resonates with you and what you like the look of. Um, okay, back to the questions. Back to the questions. Open your Instagram, Emma. What did you buy that you don't use think is a waste of money? Huh. Good question. I actually don't think there's anything I bought that was a waste of money. Um, or that I don't use because I had the luxury of this podcast where I asked that question to other people. A lot of people said baby bath, don't use it, but I actually went out and bought one and it's flipping brilliant. I love my baby bath. We've got room to store it so we don't have that storage issue. Yes, it is another hunk of plastic and we're trying to reduce the plastic, but I feel like in the future we can use it for quite a lot of things. Um, Can use it for washing, hand washing items, you know, can use it for bathing your pet in the future. Um, could use it for washing the car in the future. You know, it's just like a bucket. We got the, is it called a shuggle? Schmuggle? Well, I don't know. It's the, it's the one where your baby can sit up, basically, in the bath. It's very good. I got it, um, not at full price either. I think I got it in a Black Friday sale or something. Um, and it's good. I think it's brilliant. Uh, but what did I buy that maybe wasn't... So I spent quite a lot on our baby monitor. I think I spent about £120 on our baby monitor. We've got a Motorola baby monitor. It's great, but it's not brilliant. And I think a lot of people have the Hello Baby one, which you can buy on Amazon. I think it's about £88. Had I known about that one, I probably would have got that one. I don't really see the difference. I think in my New Year's podcast, I discussed a bit about... um, functions on the baby monitor and what I really thought I needed and actually in hindsight don't need so have a listen to that about the baby monitor but actually I don't think there's anything that I bought lots of which I don't actually need if it comes to me during the rest of the podcast I'll tell you what are helpful things your friends can do oh Lucy you're so cute Lucy one of my beautiful friends Lucy has asked what are the helpful things your friends can do for you Cook meals, bring them over. That would be a top one, I would say. Just so Hendrik and I didn't have to think about what to cook. Because sometimes, (laughs) in the lead up to giving birth, I did not want to 
prep meals. That was the last of the things that I wanted to do. So having someone bring over a bunch of meals is lovely, really lovely thing you can do. Generally, don't rock up empty-handed if you're coming to, to see the baby. And if you're coming to see the baby, don't expect... Not empty-handed and bring them a gift. That's not at all what I mean. I just mean, like, bring chocolate or bring a meal or offer to do, you know, at least if you have a cup of tea, offer to put it in the dishwasher or wash it up or something because often you'd have people come over and then you would end up with having to clear up. If Or, you know, bring cake. I had wonderful, lots of wonderful friends bring cake and that's the best thing, to come over for tea and cake and have cake. Um, what other things are helpful that your friends can do? I would never say to my friend to do the laundry or to clean the house or anything like that. Maybe come over and just hold the baby. That's a little bit easier to do, I would say, in the newborn stage than it is to do now. Now, Amandine just wants her mummy a lot of the time, doesn't want to be held by strangers. So that's not so easy. But in the newborn stage, yeah, offer to hold them whilst you have a cup of tea. <laughs> or that that's really, really helpful. Um, okay, moving on. Childcare, please. Childcare, very good question. I don't know what I'm doing. I keep wanting to go back to going and doing doing some teaching. Gosh, I mean, even trying to record this podcast child-free is hard. Um, a lot of my clients are saying, just bring them with you, but I can't do that. I can't bring baby with me. Um, my mum's an hour away. I can't really ask her to come up and look after the baby. I don't feel like I can. Whilst I go teach for an hour, it's really difficult. I have a few friends going to look around nurseries, those that have to go back to full-time jobs uh, in a year. They're already going and doing the nursery hunt. My podcast with Marion, we discuss nurseries and what she does for childcare. So she's looking into doing a shared nanny as well. I think that's an option. I feel like those things are more of an option the more city central you are. We are out in the country side, so it's a little bit tricky. I'm not near my friends, so I don't feel like I can do a shared nanny. Um, I would have to drive for like half an hour to do that, which is also fine, but when you drive for half an hour to then drive back to only teach for an hour to then go back for half an hour doesn't really make that much sense Childcare is something that I really like to talk more about on the podcast um and talk about all the options because I don't I can't really answer that one very well oh thanks Luke Luke said when you get some time for yourself come visit the salon me time is as good as mum time yes it is yes it is um Okay, I've had a question. What do you do when you get home with your newborn? Like, actually do? <laughs> That's a great question. Such a good question. So what happened with us was we got home. We, I get, I think I fed her, sat on the sofa and fed her. My bottom was really sore, so it wasn't very comfortable. Sat on the sofa and fed her. Um, we drank loads of water. And I think then we actually just watched TV um she went to sleep that's why we watched tv she went to sleep we watched tv let it all just sink in had some quiet time Hendrik had a nap I think maybe I even had a nap I probably didn't actually because I think I was so high on hormones um and then we showed her around the house and I think we then had a bit of dinner while she slept again god god it's really hard to remember the newborn days actually um and then I, and this is actually my biggest advice to anybody. When it came to putting her down to go to sleep, we actually didn't go to bed, I don't think, until about 11 o'clock. 
And I freaked out because I did not know what to put her in to go to bed. Really didn't. Even though I'd done the research, the room was about 18, 19 degrees. And looking back on it, my God, I did not put her in enough clothes. And I'm sure she woke up so much that first night, first couple of nights, because she was cold. I think I literally just put her in a sleep suit and a blanket. And I don't think that was enough. Um, Seeing what I put her in now, and she was a lot smaller then. So try and decipher what temperature your room is, what you're going to put them in to wear the first night before you come home with your newborn because you will freak out a little bit as to what to put them in if this is your first child. And that first night is damn scary. I was awake a lot checking on her, checking she was still alive. I couldn't turn that light off, that night light off, for a good month and a half, two months probably actually because I was just so scared that she was going to stop breathing, or every time I woke up I wanted to check on her without shining my phone light in her face, so I just kind of had a glow light on every night, and yeah, it's scary, it was really damn scary the first, the first month sleeping, I, I, I did not enjoy it, whereas now I'm like, oh yeah, complete pitch black, totally fine, yeah, it's fine, (laughs) it's weird, so yeah, that's what we do, so show them around your house, chill out with them, you don't need to entertain them, they don't need to be entertained when you bring them home, everything is like a massive sensory overload, they'll get tired really quickly, just let them sleep, feed them whenever they want to be fed, Uh, just chill yourself, relax yourself, don't go to bed too late, Um, eat, 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 drink, 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 and chill, have cuddles, lots and lots of cuddles, Would you recommend the big purchases, your pram, your car seat that you made? Yeah, I would, yeah. Um, Our car seat, we bought the Kitty, Kitty car seat, and the iSize, it's a lie flat one, it was great in the newborn stage, didn't have to worry. I have a lot of friends who had trouble with their car seats with them feeling like they were all bunched up, but with ours, you could lie it flat. Yes, it takes up a lot of room in the car, yes it does. Fits some cars better than other cars, but I love it, it's great. It's quite heavy, it's 5kg, and seeing as Amandine is also 5kg now, um, yeah, it's heavy. I actually went to get Amandine weighed, and she's gone slightly underneath her line, um, so I need to go and get her weighed again after France, but yeah, she's a, she's a skinny little mini in her body, not in her face, she's got the chubbiest cheeks, but um, yeah, so I guess when you're carrying around your car seat, that's like 10 kilograms, <laughs> which is a lot. The pram, we bought is a Jules. It's a Jules Geo. Yes, I love it. I do love my pram. Don't get me wrong. I adore my pram. It's hefty. It is a hefty pram. The reason we bought it is because you can change it to a two baby one. My friend has the Jules uh, hub, I think it is, and it does look brilliant. I have to say it does look brilliant. It's super lightweight. It's really small. Um, It looks very cozy. She did say some bits feel a little bit cheap. Um, and I, on our geo, they really don't. They do feel extremely premium. Um, and I think, you know, when we do have two kids, it will really stand out. Once the chair section is on, rather than the bassinet, you can fold it down in one movement. That, I think, is going to be brilliant for me because it does annoy me a little bit, like taking the bassinet off and then taking the wheels off um, to fit it into the car, into the Mini. But um, in the bigger car, it's fine. But it, it is a bit of a squeeze. So once the chair's on and it's all folded down into one, I think that will really help. But yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's brilliant. It's um, 
it's great. And also the other big purchase I guess you would need to make might be a baby carrier. Um, my Ergo Baby is brilliant. I've talked a lot about it in a lot of podcasts. Uh, it's super. I highly, highly, highly recommend that carrier. We've just started putting her the other way around, which I actually don't like. I don't find it particularly comfortable right now, but I think that's because she is still a little bit small. Um, and also I can't see her face. I can't see what she's doing. And I forever see myself holding my phone in selfie mode, trying to see what she's doing um, and if she likes it. And normally she's just dribbling all over the front section of the Ergo Baby. And I have like this nice milky white line now on the Ergo Baby. It's not very nice. So I need to wash that. But yeah, that's another big purchase. They're not cheap, so I would I'd recommend that. And go to um well, this is one thing I never did, but I would recommend it is go to a sling library, I think it's called, and try them on. See what suits you best. Took me a while to get used to our ergo baby, but I do love it. Um but not everyone has an ergo baby. A lot of people have Tulas uh, and other brands. So do go try them. Do go to a sling library and try them on. P.S. Amandine is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, you're so sweet. Do you feel like you finally cracked it with mum life slash breastfeeding? I don't think I'll ever crack mum life. Sometimes I feel like I'm winning at life. And actually, I said to Hendrik earlier, I was like, I've got to record my podcast when I feel like I'm winning. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not. I did not because I couldn't get her to nap. But, I mean, the minute you feel like you've really done it and you've really managed something big it changes and you're like oh my god I really thought I just got you down for a nap or I thought our naps were under control or nighttime was under control but no no so I don't think I'll ever crack it breastfeeding yeah breastfeeding I think I've cracked well I've kind of cracked I think the first two weeks were really difficult for me my boobs were covered in blisters oh, it was horrible um yeah, I did not enjoy it, but I got through, missioned on through, and yes, it was painful, yes, it was sore, but my body was able to produce milk, and I just felt like I was really lucky to be able to breastfeed Amandine, um, and I wanted to really push on and do that. Um, now, it's like riding a bike, I don't even have to think about it. Um, sometimes, I just feed Amandine on demand a lot still. I see all these things about, you know, you should have regular times, and yes, the more regular I get, the more my milk comes in at that particular time, but sometimes Amandine doesn't want to feed then, and I don't know if this is a bad thing that I'm doing, or maybe it won't do my milk supply any good, but I do try and keep as regular as I can, but often or not, I literally just feed her whenever she's asking for it. Um, I'm sure down the line they'll become a lot more uh, regimented. That's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but yes, it's it's pretty easy now. And a lot of people that don't find it easy. And I would highly recommend going to see a specialist if you can. Um, if you're not finding it easy. And especially if you're four months in and you're still not finding it easy. Definitely go and see somebody. P.S. The podcasts are great. Thank you. Okay, I am worried about putting on too much weight. Did you weigh, weigh yourself? No, I didn't. I still haven't. I went through a bit of a stage. I think I've spoken about this before on my podcast. Maybe I have, actually. Maybe I haven't. I can't remember. Um, but when I was getting married, and then again when I went on my honeymoon, I lost a lot of weight. I went down to, like, seven stone five. And... It was a stupid thing to do. It was a silly thing to do. Um, I thought I'd be a lot happier, skinnier. And actually, 
a lot of people, you know, will probably kill me for saying this, but I felt a lot more confident um, losing weight, but I certainly wasn't happier. Every day was like, what can't I eat today? Um, I'm not a natural dieter. Um, So I, when I went back up to a healthy weight, I had to get back up to a healthy weight because I'd lost my period. Um, I got back up to a healthy weight, I got my period once, and then luckily for me, incredibly luckily, seeing as how stupid I'd been with my body, um, I, yeah, got pregnant straight away, and then made the decision that I was not going to weigh myself at all during my pregnancy, and I have still yet not got on the scales. I was weighed once in my pregnancy, and that was by the hospital, my first kind of appointment, my 12-week check, they weigh you. And I didn't ask what my weight was, and I never actually looked what my weight was. Not that I think I would have an issue with it. I just um, didn't really feel the need to know because there was nothing that I could do about it anyway, and it was all so incredibly natural. And I wanted to embrace the growth of my body. I didn't want to be thinking the whole time, oh God, I'm going to have to get that off at the end or anything like that. And I didn't want to worry about putting weight on. It was a very natural thing for my body to do. And it is a natural thing for your body to do as well. And yeah, I would highly recommend not weighing yourself. Even now, I still haven't stepped on the scales. I really don't care. My body has done the most incredible thing, bringing this baby into the world. I am incredibly lucky. I have bounced back very quickly. And I use the term bounced back very lightly. You don't need to bounce back. No one needs to bounce back. You've given birth, for goodness sake. You've carried a baby. You've made a baby. Your body has gone through one of the biggest changes it's going to go through in its life. It's completely changed shape. Yes, it will. Embrace it. It's an amazing thing that's happened. And look what you've got from it. The most beautiful, beautiful baby. Please don't worry about putting weight on or worrying about losing weight when you um, when you've given birth, and don't, don't make it a pressure to lose weight, I am the most confident I have ever been in my body, the day I gave birth, I felt amazing in my body, yes, damn sore, but amazing in my body, and, um, the weight has come off through breastfeeding, so I'm exclusively breastfeeding, I've also been walking, I actually don't think that's really made much of a difference, but I'm lucky, any extra weight I did put on but I also think not having the pressure of looking at the scales made me not think about weight and not worry about what I ate. I ate healthily but I still eat a ton of chocolate and I ate a ton of chocolate through my pregnancy. I mean this baby is fueled by lint, it really is. This milk is creamy through lint. (laughs) It is a chocolate baby, she is a chocolate baby. Um, I eat a lot of chocolate. Okay, Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm not vegan at the moment, because I eat so much chocolate, and vegan chocolate just is not the same, and yeah, I don't, I don't drink cow's milk, I drink almond milk, but almond milk chocolate, nah, it's not the same. What's your daily routine looking like? I love the podcast, oh thank you, uh, what's your daily routine looking like? I'm gonna give you my daily routine at home, because daily routine at France is extremely different, (laughs) Um, daily routine at home, she'll normally wake up around 7, 7.30. I tend to attempt to just play with her in bed until 8. Um, and then we get up, I go downstairs, I make my breakfast, brush my teeth. Uh, but I don't get up, I stay in my pyjamas. This is new for me, because before I would get up, 
do everything, have my breakfast, but actually I've given in now, and I will go downstairs with my PJs, plus my sister bought me the best PJs uh, for Christmas. They're super soft, they're from the white company, and I just adore them, Um, so I stay in them for as long as I can. So go downstairs, make breakfast, play with Amandine, do lots of tummy time, stimulate her a little bit, um, and then I put her down about 9.30 for a nap, and that's when I take my shower, I get dressed, I do maybe fold laundry or do laundry, um, check my emails, she'll normally nap for about an hour at home, then she'll wake up, so I'll get her dressed, um, she'll stay in her PJs by the way when I'm in my PJs, I then get her dressed, if we've got any errands to run I'll try and run those, like if I need to go to the shops or anything I'll try and do it then. Um, we then come back, have lunch, she normally is awake during lunch, she'll sit at the table with us, we're very naughty, we put our baby Beyonce, baby Bjorn bouncer on the table, which is a big no-no, but that's what we do, because we're sitting right there eating lunch as well, or I'm sitting there eating my lunch, I'll then put her down for her second nap of the day, probably around, an, around one o'clock, the best advice anyone gave me for naps was be more aware of their awake time so in the morning they want to be awake for like an hour hour and a half and then it gets longer throughout the day so maybe she'll then be awake between an hour and three quarters and two hours and then she'll never be awake longer than two hours if her naps are going really well so then she'll nap again for an hour I'll wake up sorry she'll wake up um during that nap time I will either nap or chill watch some tv or do some jobs then play with her again, maybe take her for an afternoon stroll, but I do try and keep her awake for that afternoon because if she does sleep, she ends up skipping her afternoon nap, which is quite important, and that's what's happening over here, actually. She's skipping her afternoon nap. So, um, oh God, I can hear her screaming. Um, then I'll put her down again around, uh, what time would that be? Maybe 3.30, and then she'll sleep until 4.30, 5 o'clock. I'm hoping that nap will get longer and longer. Then she's awake for two hours and then it's bedtime. Bedtime at 7.15, off we go. And I've discussed what I do then earlier in the podcast. So that's kind of what my routine looks like. I try and get out as much as I can. And if I'm going to go out, I try and make it in the morning because I feel like that her morning nap is less important than her afternoon nap. I really do believe that sleep breeds sleep. So as if, if my naps go well in the day, I'll get a good night. If they go really shockingly like today, I'm due for a really shitty night. Okay, weaning. I know it's early for Amandine, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, because my friends have babies a few months older and they're weaning currently. I'm really nervous to start weaning. And also, I, I, I want to try and breastfeed for at least a year, so... Uh, it'll be a very slow process for us and I think it'll be baby led I think I will just you know give her maybe a bit of avocado or a soft carrot let her hold it if she doesn't want it I'll leave it for a week or so and then just I don't really know much about it there are some courses I think you can go on I might go on a free I think there's one by the run by the NHS a free one Um, I might go on that I'm really scared about them choking <laughs> Um, I have done a first aid baby course but I just can't imagine what it would be like and I'm I'm not too sure I I'd, I'd be very good at that if she's choking but I guess you just give them stuff where she's not going to choke on like a banana or mashed banana. Um but yeah, I think I'll go with the baby led weaning thing but I need to 
read up a whole lot more on it and I will do another podcast on it once I've read a lot more on it and spoken to more people about it. Um, So I can't really answer too much about that, but yes, I will will do weaning around six months but it'll be a slow process I'm not too not too fussed about it what I have read so far is that they still get the most of their nutrients from your breast milk um there are just a few vitamins that they want to get from some extra food but uh calories wise it's still from breast milk that's what they're getting um there we go (laughs) (laughs) the last question is can mine be as cute as yours please I don't know if you all remember Ella but Ella was the incredibly brave friend of mine who came on and chatted about her miscarriage um now she is pregnant again and due literally in a couple of months and I am so excited that she has finally finished work and we can start having some massive catch-ups now she's not at work in the daytime so yay I think I'm actually seeing her not maybe next week which is very exciting so there are your questions guys all answered and my goodness that's been one heck of a podcast I said to Hendrik don't worry I won't be that long but of course I have been that long so I had better sign off next week I am going to put on Natalie Medding's podcast where we talk about everything um doula everything baby tell me a good birth story is what she a website that she runs if you want to check out that before the podcast goes live next week then definitely do it's the most amazing website I'm not going to tell you about it now um go check it out and listen to next week's podcast but I hope this week has been helpful for you um that I've answered a bunch of your questions and filled you in on what's happening um and if you've got any questions then yes send them to me email them DM me, follow me on Instagram if you want to see what goes on kind of in my day-to-day life. I'm trying to make my Instagram page a little bit more like this podcast and really post things that are helpful. Sharing things in the social media world does not come naturally to me. I'm not one for creating content as such. Yes, I'm doing that little kind of bunny ears movement and putting hyphen, uh, putting speech marks around my content word. Um, because it just doesn't come naturally to me. So you guys could help me if you wanna if you wanna know more about certain things, um, then yeah, I will try and do a lot more of that on my Instagram. Um, so it's actually helpful for you, especially now I'm having more and more guests on the show. So always email me. The email is mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com or connect with me on Emma Jolin, which is J-A-U-L-I-N on Instagram. If you're new to this podcast, thank you so much for listening. If you're old to this podcast and you've been listening since day one, thank you for being here and sticking with it. Love you guys. Love all the support that you give me. And I'm so pleased I can be doing this for you. Have a great rest of your week. Lots of love to you all. 